0: Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment?
1: For the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 939 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now, here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome into the drive here on 939 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull, we are happy to be back at twin peaks and you should come by and say hello to us and if you do so you should stop you should get something to eat and you should get some of the billionaire bacon Dave. oh uh, my Lord. there are a few places where i feel like one item sort of justifies the whole trip you know like it can carry the whole menu but for me this billionaire bacon is that out here uh, at twin peaks and look it's wednesdays they've got multiple specials uh, today you've got the 7.99 triple play which is like you know a, sort of a, a medley appetizer you got got uh, various drink specials every single day of the week for happy hour. It is worth it. It's worth all of it, Dave.
0: Look, I, uh, this is my first time here, and uh, I am – there's no doubt about it. Nobody can question this. I am a bacon expert. I've eaten more bacon. I've eaten my body weight in bacon probably a, a thousand Several times, times over. Yeah. It's, it's a problem. I have an addiction. It's probably why I'm fat today. Number one reason. But, but – that makes me an expert. I've done the field work, Mark. I've put in the research. My opinion is to be trusted. This is the first
1: time I've ever been encouraged by someone saying they did their own research. I'm like, That's all right. right. I've done it, because research. you mean you ate a lot of yeah, bacon. Yeah, I've, I've
0: had... Right. Like, if you see a, a, a brand of bacon at the store and you're like, I've never had that before. Biscuits had it. Just to let you know, I've had it. I've had them all. You kind of sound like Donald Trump, like... I've, I've had all the bacons, I've had, I, 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 no, I'm I don't. all good at so, the bacons. I, <laughs> Tanner, Tanner I don't, like, there was no reason for you to kick in less than five minutes into the show and mention Trump. Like uh, we, we don't need to do no, that. No, I love it. that he did that. I no, disagree. Not at all. He said billionaire I'm bacon. I'm in the middle of talking him. about bacon. You can both shut up right now. It was amazing. Billionaire bacon is incredible. Candied, spicy, I loved it. Anyway, there you go. <laughs>
1: You have to like tag me back in. Like, how no, does you're this good. work? This is
0: your show. I'm sorry.
1: All right. <laughs> Just want to make sure I. You were you I'm guys were you, you
0: were assaulting me in the middle of a bacon <laughs> take. Like seriously, My what's apologies. wrong with you two? Tanner, yeah, you're you're done for the rest of the show uh, for me. Spencer so, will tag in
1: it th- in 30 minutes.
0: No, you won't. You 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 it, it's fine. That's good. You're right. You good? I'm not. I was in a great mood, and you guys both ruined it for me. That's the break, I want you to have
1: another piece of bacon and like a reset. Where I would try to this get you. This is what's you.
0: happening. Yeah, I don't
1: blame you. It, just- it would save my mood as well, uh, which is why uh, we are out here uh, at Twin Peaks, and we'll be out here for the entire show. Would love uh, for, to see you guys uh, come by and say hello. Always good when you go to a place, and they're like, "Yeah, we're having to expand the parking lot, right?" Like that's a great problem to have. Uh, so i back to it.
0: I just had another piece of bacon, so we're good. <laughs> <laughs> I've been pulled. I've been pulled out of the abyss. Like a like small
1: you, child. It's amazing, We've Tanner. T-
0: you can say whatever you want.
1: Dave's been given a treat. He's been born again with another half of a slice of a <laughs> billion. Tanner, you bacon. can say
0: you can, You are. You have license to say whatever the hell you want. No. Appreciate so not,
1: it. Say he's like Trump again. <laughs>
0: no, <Don't>, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say. I, I know Dave. There are things he
1: does and does not want to hear, and that's one of them.
0: Oh man, no. So yeah, I've, this is my first time in here. It's great ambiance the menu looks incredible and the first thing i had was amazing and uh, the manager tells us that they have to expand their parking lot because they're they're just doing so well and word's spreading around town and i love to hear that because this is such a good location and other concepts oh, sure. you know they've come and gone but this one feels like it's here to stay
1: Look, we got a lot uh, that we will get into here uh, throughout the day. We'll have uh, the buy or sell uh, a little bit uh, later on. I would like to talk a lot about football uh, in the, the latter half of the show, uh, only because we're going to we're getting closer to the AFC NFC Championship games, and our we're one game closer to just all of our I think sort of uh, dreams of Lamar getting to a Super Bowl. Uh, so we'll talk. Uh, I want to talk a good bit about that uh, a little bit later on, uh, and we're going to get the ACC football schedule release at five o'clock. That's right. Uh, although I do want to give uh, a shout out to a Southern card on Twitter who uh, is a hacker. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> just knows what he's doing uh, to to a degree that perhaps you and I don't. And It looks like perhaps the schedule is already online uh, in in sort of in the background, uh, and he was able to uh, to figure out at least what Louisville's is. But I'm going to let it stay. Yeah.
0: You guys, oh, if you want to do the is. work, if yeah. you know how it's to do the work, hard. you can go find it. That's right. Uh, we're not going to. Uh, to publicize it until U of does. How about that?
1: Well, five o'clock, it's going to be out uh, yeah. there. But uh, look, it's interesting for uh, what we might be able to figure out from it by what they think. I mean, there's 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 no denying that at this point, conferences, to a man, uh, especially as they move away from divisions for football, try to backload schedules yeah. and try to engineers not finishes but try to engineer certain matchups they have some idea of who's going to be good and who isn't and when they're going to schedule these things and where uh i'm always fascinated to look at like do they do they think they even have much to work with with louisville right like what kind of matchups do they does it look like when did they schedule them where who are they doing favors for or not and look full disclosure i will be fascinated to see if there's anything in there that indicates just like one gigantic basketball shaped middle finger towards florida state Right, like that's yeah. that, how will that look? Uh, is there something they could do? Are there things that, that their schedule will show? Like, oh, you want to sue us? This is what it looks like when you sue the schedule maker. Yeah. You know, I, I'll be looking for things like that.
0: That's, I, I mean, they're already cut out. Uh, they're trying. They're efforting. You know, cutting Florida State out of, of all or most decision making uh, processes. I, I look forward to seeing what their schedule looks like this year for sure. Uh, do they send them to the West Coast twice? <laughs> like, nobody else. Like, we're only going to do this every other year. For everybody else, you, you don't travel to the West Coast every year. Do it every other year. Um, we'll make sure that, that we try to mitigate travel costs. But Florida State, no, somehow you got a road game on, in California every year. Every single year. You know what? Two this year.
1: It's got to be somewhat awkward where you have
0: – You're playing Miami in San Francisco, actually. <laughs> the
1: entire conference, like <laughs> – Groaning over who's going to get sent to Cal, right? Like every year, it's going to be like who has to go to Cal. Yeah, every single year, it's going to be like that. We'll find out uh, at five. Uh, so we'll talk uh, all about that. But look, Louisville we'll played Duke last <clears throat> night, and yes. we are—you were there, I was there, you were there. That means I cannot help you if you want to talk about whatever it was that the uh, the uh, the TV broadcast had to say. I know in the past, like Corey Alexander and others have, been, Seth Greenberg, whatever have been. A topic of discussion. I did not see people griping about it last night. Did you? Did I. I didn't uh, see you know L Twitter to talk
0: about, and it was I didn't see anything uh, uh, particularly. But during the games, I'm not. I mean, I, I tweet some, but I'm not on my phone a ton during the games. But you would normally when there's something agreed, just like a Corey Alexander. Uh, normally, it's a topic of discussion for 24 to 48 hours afterwards, or 168 hours after, or the rest of our lives.
1: Yeah, so I, I don't have anything for you uh, on that one. But in a lot of ways, Dave, feels to me uh, like, you know, there's only a, a, a spectrum of, of outcomes for a game, for for any game. Yeah. And these are the ones that t- satisfy me the least out of all of them, where this game was a blowout for a big portion of it, close for, for kind of a portion of it. But n- – never really in doubt doubt at all Yeah. after six six seven eight minutes into the game uh, everybody who has staked out kind of a position about kenny and about this team uh, got a piece of whatever they already believe kind of handed to them if you're dug in on there being uh, all manner of, of improvement uh, on the team you know there are things that happened last night that think you can look at and you can be optimistic about. And if you are just like, screw these guys, uh, they're never going to win. Th- there were a lot of things that happened last night. You're like, yeah, they probably are never going to win uh, if because yeah. those things, you know, they persist. And then everybody in between, they're, like, they're just – it's another one of these where we're sort of a mixed bag, but not ever the kind of bag of, of, of th- that we're looking for here.
0: Yeah, so um, you saw it reflected on Twitter, you know, when we would – when the, when the, the comeback started happening and I tweeted a few times and you just, I saw somebody say, uh, you know, well, let me guess, you know, they, they got down by 20 they cut it to five and then they lose by 15. And it was like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's about right. I think that's almost exactly right. (laughs) I mean, that's what, that's what people are almost getting used to it. It's not Here's here's the issue with last like yes, they played hard. We haven't really questioned their effort that much this year. I haven't seen heard many people doing that. It's more I think like he
1: has questioned their effort more than we have. Right,
0: which I feel like it's more like we attribute it to the, they look like it's 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 directionless effort or it's you know, they don't yeah. really know what to do, so so sometimes you slow down. You know, it's but, hard
1: to look like you're going full speed when you don't know what to do. Right, right.
0: exactly. So and when and when something keeps happening over and over again. Uh, like slow rotation on threes and not getting back in transition, I don't necessarily, I'm not, I'm not inclined to to blame players. Then that feels like a systemic issue. That feels like a coaching issue. So when I watched last night, and I think, I think Duke finished nine of twenty five from the three point line, which is, you know, not great, not not the worst. It's it's relatively average, you know. But I watched that game.
1: It wasn't like you watched the three point line stats and you're like, oh, that's what happened.
0: I, exactly. Yeah. I can tell you, I watched every second of that game, and all 25 looks were open. There was one where uh, it was a step back, and there was an attempted closeout, and they hit that one. But everything else, and that one was technically open. Everything was wide open. Everything else wasn't even challenged. Duke missed shots. They missed open shots that would have made this a much bigger blowout. We lost by fourteen. They missed count like sixteen open threes. They missed, and it's they hit two or three of those, and this is a twenty point loss. You know, and and that's the problem with with conversations about us improving because it's like yeah, on on the offensive end I see some good things, you know, and I see some effort, uh, and but there's 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 certain things that just they never do, and one of them is they don't defend they don't defend <laughs> like properly you know yeah. we can say they're not good on the three point they're not good defending the three they're not good in transition and then you're like yeah and they gave up a lot of straightaway uh drives to the basket too so what's left <laughs> you know like what are they good at? and and the thing is like we saw the miami game and and they were really good about collapsing on on drivers and had active hands and and they they denied the post or if they got it in the post they made it really hard on the big to put it up there, and I'll give uh, Humphrey Halfy a lot of credit. He went toe to toe with Phil last night, and he looked like the better player. Period. Philipowski he had a bad game. We could talk
1: about him in a little bit. He did not, did not blow me away last
0: night. Uh, same. And Duke, you know, as a whole, I saw you tweet that it, it, they didn't blow me away either. But looking at like of the three Carolina teams we just played, I, they're the the least impressive of the three to me. Uh, with Wake in, in in North Carolina, and if you throw NC State in there, I don't know. We'll we'll see how I feel about that, but. Um when you see them struggling with the same things over and over again, I don't, I don't know what you do with that. I don't, I don't know what you do with that. It, it, and you can't say, well, they'll get it over time because they haven't gotten it over time. These are the same – with those collapsing, like those double teams and the collapsing in the paint and everything they did against Miami, it seems like they try to apply that same principle to other teams that aren't doing the same thing. You know, and their double teams come at the wrong time. They come at the expense of rotation, you know, and, and they're, they're leaving. It's just There's just wide open guys everywhere on the court. And if you're doubling them in certain places on the court, it's not – it doesn't make them – it doesn't – like when you double a big in the paint, you're cutting off all of his options, you know. And, and most bigs are going to have a tough time getting it back out. You know, if they're not going up with the ball and then you're making it hard on them there, they can't get the ball back out of the paint. But if you double them on the elbow like they did with D.J. Burns uh, at NC State, he has options everywhere. And if you double him, he's just going to throw it to the guy you just left. And it's like they don't really understand the principles of it, you know, where the the, the baseline is another defender, and that's, 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 that's a big part of it. You know, and, and you're doubling guys in the open court, that doesn't do much for anybody, and it seems to happen all the time, and they're leaving guys wide open on the three-point line. The rotations are, are wild, and it seems like one timeout can correct a lot of that, uh, but it never does.
1: And yet it doesn't, right. They're
0: either not called uh, or when they are, that's not corrected. So
1: so I thought uh, at the game, stayed for both. I don't always stay for the other coach, but I went and stayed for Shire because he came in pretty quickly after uh, Kenny uh, w- was finished. And I thought he gave the best answer I've ever heard. And I could, it was the first time I really felt like I, that's why they picked him. Uh, when he was asked what he thinks about Kenny and how things have gone at Louisville for Kenny, and, and what I loved about his answer was that he didn't – it wasn't the least bit, like, sympathetic. Yeah. It was v- it just extremely bottom line. He's basically like, yeah, it's hard. Being the head coach at a place like this, it's pretty hard. Head coach at Duke, it's pretty hard. People want you to be awesome. That's what you've been hired to be. Good luck. And that's kind of all he said. He's Thanks. basically like, yeah, demands are pretty high. They well, give you a lot to work with, and they want, they want to have a lot to show for. It. And I was just like, thank you for not. <laughs> thank you. Yes, thank, thank you. you for just saying it like it is. You're at a place where everything's in, like, the investment and interest are, are at a level that people are not the least bit interested in getting C's.
0: Yeah. The, 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 don't sugarcoat it. Yes. You know, it, it's, it's, don't head pat, don't sugarcoat, don't do any of that. You know, you don't, you don't need it here. And he didn't, he wasn't rude to Kenny about it. You oh, know, no. He wasn't disrespectful. He just said, yeah, it's tough. But that's what we keep talking about with the, uh, Instead of making constant excuses, I would love just once for Kenny to rise to the challenge. Just once. You know, instead of peppering in, you know, reasons why we shouldn't expect wins. <laughs> and that's, that's what kills me uh, the most about this. That I look at John Shire, and he seems to understand this job more than Kenny does.
1: <laughs> I think he does. Yeah. I think he understands the nature of the jobs uh, like that. But, I mean, he's at Duke. He understands cannot let anything slip nothing can fall below a certain standard it would be nice if there was if you got more of that sense i just thought it was i could see why he sort of has the gravity that they're looking for there yeah he understands the nature of exactly what they're going for there why he's uh where he is and what the expectations are and and i just appreciated the kind of the frankness of, of him i thought he might give me the you know, coaches sort of closing ranks around each other and all that, and he didn't say. Oh, I'm sure he'll get it turned around. Nothing. He's like, "Yeah, it's hard. Good luck." Yeah.
0: Right. Instead <laughs> just, of saying, "Well, so if they did some good things," and Kenny's going to get it going. No, you he, know, yeah, which, which Most of the coaches say, and you're just going. Oh. You know, no, most coaches aren't interested in in actually analyzing a situation because they have their own problem.
1: They don't right? have time for that, right? Right.
0: So they'll just give you that milk toast stock answer. But I appreciate more John Shire's answer. Which is also something he doesn't have to think about that hard. Just tell you from his own experience, yeah, coaching at a at a prestigious program that has a lot of people that spend a lot of money to fill an arena and, and put tremendous expectations on you is hard. to follow up on that. It's really hard. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I that mean. Like that's, that's essentially uh, what you heard, and that's that's kind of what we're all saying. And and there comes a time where we're reasonable. Um, accommodations have been made already.
1: Well, explain what you mean by that.
0: I mean, like expectations, whatever uh, mitigated expectations that you expected, that you you um, are trying to to uh, adjust the the fan base's uh, you know meter and their their expectations. Like it's already been done. These expectations have been adjusted according to the cloud, uh, the mesh you took over. All of those things have been accounted for. Reasonable accommodations have been made for your expectation level. We can't go any farther. You know, this is, we've gone too far without you figuring out how to get your guys to rotate on defense and cover the three-point line. We've, we've, we've gone long enough watching your guys not get back in transition. Players who I believe are all talented and have played this game their entire lives. Like, it's been long enough, man. Like, other, other people have figured it out, and no situation is completely analogous to Louisville. You know, you right. can't look at, at Missouri or South Carolina or Kansas State or whatever, but some of them are, are harder in other respects. Kansas State is not a traditional power. They don't have the budget we have for men's basketball, and they turned over the entire roster like Kenny had the opportunity to do in that first, first offseason, and they did it with guys who weren't top 50 transfers. So you can't throw that at me where it's like, well, we couldn't get any of the top guys because we were under uh, NCAA cloud. Yeah, well, how about the next 2,000 guys? Figure out a way to construct a roster out of the portal if you don't like what you have. Don't tell me that they were never in your future plans. So we're gonna just we're just going to uh, have a year, a wasted year, with guys who, who aren't going to be here next year. You know, at, at South Carolina, when have they ever cared about basketball? Not really. They've had some good teams here and there, but not really. They just beat the hell out of Kentucky last night with a second-year head coach who won 11 games his first year. And who lost like
1: their lottery pick, remember?
0: Yeah, and now they're 14-4, and and they just beat a top-10 Kentucky team. I mean, there's just – there's excuses, and there's reasons, and neither one of them matter after a while. You know, and people aren't going to keep listening to the same ones over and over again. It's like you got to do the job. At some point, you can't do the job. We're going to find somebody who can.
1: Well, look. In the end, uh, the reason that I liked John Shire's answer so much is that it was an expression of like an understanding from him that, like, the you're hired to do a job, and and when you're at Louisville, when you're at Duke, and you're at North Carolina, you're at these places like Kansas, whatever, like. The, you're hired to to field a great basketball team, not a solid basketball team, not an improving basketball team, not a, a competent one, not one that just shows fight or effort or any of that stuff. Like this team's supposed to. Be, your, your job is for them to be great. Yeah. And even recognizing, obviously, that that you don't necessarily have to fix things everything overnight. You can't. Tell yourself that like, this team does the things that great teams do, uh, and that they just need more time. Like you, you can't not when the failings are the things that they are. They are macro issues. This is not uh, right. Uh, bolts and nuts need tightening here. This is it's it's far bigger than that. The issues are far bigger than that. They're not just short They're short sighted. You know, like it, it's it's just so much bigger than. Window dressing.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: but this is why I, these games like this are so, like, the worst way for a game to go. Because there, there's no question, there are good things that happen out there. When Louisville has the ball, they seem to have settled into a fairly good identity to where, Shire even talked about it last night, that they they took Louisville on the offensive end seriously. And even had to make some adjustments in the second half for things that they were doing uh, th- that they needed to adjust for. So, yeah, there is actual progress on the offensive end. But we're talking about progress like up to sea level here. You know, these guys are pretty skilled, I think. Uh, and on the offensive end, I think that they show that. But the job is to to be for us to be able to assume that stuff, right? Like, the job is for us to be able to assume that, of course, they're skilled. How how good can you get them, right? You know,
0: your job is to organize them into a team and and get them and playing great. Yes, playing great basketball, playing good on both ends of the court. You know, and, and we've often talked about how team defense is maybe the most relevant measure of how good a coach is sometimes, or at least how – their ability to organize players into a defense immediately in that first year is maybe the best indicator when you're like you know is this is this guy a good coach is he going to work out and it's a year and a half in man it's over a year and a half in and we haven't um, we haven't seen it and we haven't seen any indication that's getting better like these last several games we've had some of the worst defensive performances yet you know Wake was a travesty. NC State was scoring in the half court like it was their job, and that's not their strength as a team. You know, all you have to do is look at the points for possession. It's it's epically bad. Every time somebody plays us, every time a team plays us, regardless of and Duke's a pretty good offensive team, I'm not saying they're not, but whomever plays us, good or bad offensive team, ends up putting up a number that would be like in the top five nationally if it was what they did all season. So essentially who's the best offense in the country whoever is playing Louisville on a given night and that is incredibly unacceptable
1: unless you're unless you're Miami right and you have that night where you miss a lot of threes I look I
0: but like, again I don't want to like they did some good things against Miami and I don't want to say they right. didn't but it's not something that can be applied game in and game out clearly with teams that do different things. You know, and, and we did need Miami to miss quite a few open threes for that to happen. Not taking away the victory. The victory happened, and there were it was a good win. There was good things that happened there. But it clearly wasn't replicable.
1: You and, couldn't take that whole – yeah, I see what you're getting at there. Yeah. Like, you couldn't have taken that and just lifted that and put it in another game. Anyone shoots a little bit closer to average, it's probably a problem. Right. I mean, Shire said last night that they – they didn't change a lot because they felt they also felt like they just missed a lot of shots. Because they did. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, there are worse gambles you could take as a team in in college than gambling on teams to miss a lot of shots because shooting is not a uh, craft. Uh, at that point, yeah, uh, it, in the NBA, they're going to make them far more often uh, than, than maybe they do in college. But it, it, you certainly can't look at them and just feel like this is a the result of, of good team defense. We have, we're nowhere near that. Uh, team offense. I, I do. Uh, I do think that they have made some real, uh, some real progress. I, I, I think we are seeing uh, some real uh, selflessness on the offensive side. The, you know, the rotation got shortened with injuries. And I think all of these guys know uh, they've got a little bit longer leash because they're just on a lot of other options options. And, uh, they don't have to worry about if I'm giving the ball up here. Am I never going to get it back? Because yeah. there's only seven, eight of us that are playing. Right. Uh, but it has made them, I think, a lot more generous on the offensive end, and they have played better because of that. Uh, but they, I would not say that on the defensive side they look a, an ounce different than they did opening day. Defensively, we're not. They haven't moved at all, and really, right. defensively, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say they look different from the day he was hired
0: which is a profound statement.
1: The only thing I will say, I thought last night. And this might be more of something for Duke to be wary of. I thought it was the best Louisville did in the half court staying in front of people. Yeah, which is such a just like a remedial thing. I don't want to make more of that than I than I should. But I do think for a defense that has struggled with even the basics, you know, stay in the way. They did stay in the way more in the second half than I've seen probably at any point this year. Uh, Kept somebody in front of them and stayed in, dug in longer on defensive possessions. They, they, we've seen them get ADHD and sort of start to we start to lose them. Like, hey, get, finish, and, and they don't. There was it was better, but it wasn't good. And, and that's I don't like how it feels to do so many shows where we say things are better but not good because I don't like the the feeling of dismissing things that are
0: progress move
1: yeah that are moving in the right direction. But we're talking about below sea level stuff here. Yeah. You know, we're talking about getting up to the level that we should have been able to assume. Yes. And that great teams, great coaches, great programs are constantly just sort of tinkering around like the elite margins and at too many times we're being asked to come up with creative radio segments in which we dress this up like it's anything other than what it is. And I don't enjoy that either. No. I want to be rah-rah here. I do. We'd love to. Football season was great. It was fun. Women's was basketball fun. season, great. Volleyball, great. Like We know how that stuff sounds, and we know how to do it, and we like it. There isn't enough of that.
0: Yeah, so – to that point, like I've always said, and, and people know this by now listening to this show, they know a few things. They know, one, I'm passionate about bacon. Okay.
1: <laughs> you do not want <laughs> anyone to call you
0: Trump. We well, that's, I was more upset about being interrupted about, during my soliloquy <laughs> on bacon. Like, you can call me Trump, I don't really whatever. Um, and two, like, I, I'll i never lie to you on this radio station. And I know you feel the same way. Like, I've, I've, I'm not going to do this. To be dishonest and to, yeah. and, to, and to to gash you up, man. Doesn't mean I won't sometimes try to find, you know, the silver lining in situations, but never, ever going to be dishonest. And that's why it's been so hard to be positive during the Kenny Payne era because there's just so many negatives on that court that paint a picture of somebody who, who simply isn't up to the job. And I think the writing's on the wall. This thing's over barring well I think it's over but it's it, we still have however many games left and I've come to the realization probably that it's not gonna end early I mean it seems that way to me it might so too. It, it, it might still but I my assertion that it would be over or my belief not really assertion that it would be over by the end of January doesn't seem like it's going to happen This is going to be a tough couple months because, well, how do you talk about these games? You know, and and it's been a struggle to this point, but really, like, when games become completely almost meaningless, how do you talk about them? You know, like, I don't want to hammer people, I don't want to pile on and just be negative, negative, negative. Like, hey, I'll give you some positivity. Last night was how you're supposed to use Zan Payne in this situation.
1: (laughs) Okay, let's let's stop right here.
0: Yeah.
1: And when we come back, I want to talk about Zan. Because he's a great example of, like, things coming out of last night as being the best worst. Yeah. Like, a, a good thing that was a bad thing that was a good thing that was a bad thing. Like, all – and the the agony of being stuck in that cycle right there. So, we'll talk about that when we come back out here to Twin Peaks, where you guys should come by and say hello to us here on The Drive on Nathanville. We'll be right back. you listening to The Drive, presented by Fitness Market, right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now here's Mark Ennis. And Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into The Drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull. We're out here at Twin Peaks. They've got the triple play for a Happy Hour on Wednesdays. Happy Hour every weekday uh, here. That's like a, one of those... Uh, appetizers with three different ones sort of combined where you can uh, get all of that here and more. To say nothing of, of course, Dave, the Billionaire Bacon, uh, which we have already eaten two entire servings of and have no regrets about.
0: And and quite frankly, the only reason why we haven't eaten more is because I... We can't talk and eat. Right. And, and Andrew put it in front of me, the last piece, and I, I, I feel like it's one of the great feats of my life that it sat there for 15 minutes and I... Willingly handed it over to you after the segment because I had already had my share and then some.
1: I appreciated your sense <laughs> of justice there.
0: Yeah, and also I felt bad for yelling at you. <laughs> I thought <laughs> about you, said bacon. I thought you
1: were just more yelling.
0: I was. I, then at me. No, it really wasn't about you. Yeah. That was kind of the point: is that you all were you were interrupting my soliloquy about bacon. That's really all it was about.
1: I do love that uh, college sports continues. Uh, even as it tries very hard to become pro sports uh, fully, I do love that we can still count it to give us things like this. Alabama's, this is the headline, USA Today, Alabama's Kalen DeBoer won't imitate LSU's Brian Kelly and adopt a fake Southern accent. Cool,
0: man. Progress. <laughs> like, that's sweet. That's Progress. Awesome.
1: That's good. <laughs> Thank you for not trolling us with a fake accent.
0: But he is doing, like, an interview on he said that TV show from, like, the front seat of a Yukon or something. I don't know what's going on there.
1: Do you remember when Bruce Pearl car. did that draft day interview where he, like, got kind of pulled over on the NBA draft? He pulled over oh, on, like, the that. side of the road and was he looked like kind of like a war correspondent. You know, he was <laughs> using his phone. It was very fuzzy. It looked like he was, like, from, you know, Baghdad yeah. or something, you know, yeah. like he's embedded with the troops You're or that's something. That's right. And I can just remember he was like talking about the kid, Okoro I, I, I or somebody that, that got drafted. By he's like, character matters. And he was screaming it real loud. I'm like, shut up, Bruce Cox. Of all people, you know, it just was very very funny, uh, the awkwardness of these uh, these live interviews uh, sometimes. Let's go. Let's open up the phones. We'll let folks uh, weigh in uh, on last night what you saw uh, from the game against Duke, uh, with Louisville losing that one. Yet another game, uh, Dave. Let's not lose sight of sort of the the biggest of big pictures here. Uh, we're at the point now, this far into Kenny's tenure, which is a year and a half, no matter what he says. Over half of their games, they've lost by double digits.
0: That's insane. Not just over... I mean, over
1: half their games, they've lost bad enough. Yeah. Over half their games, they've lost by double digits. That is one of the things that I I think I am most concerned about is not the... I'm not worried about support going away. I'm not worried about uh, people... uh, you know, letting their guards down and that sort of thing, but I am worried about like the the how you boil a frog kind of thing yes uh, of people just ever so slightly getting desensitized to how often not that they're losing, but that there there are too many games where in the in an instance, you go from being down four to fourteen from fourteen to twenty seven like there's there's just it is a gigantic failure that those things happen, and it, one of the what frustrates me about it is it creates these situations where it's every coach in the world is going to tell you when their team gets up by 27, it is extremely difficult to sort of ratchet up the intensity yeah. and keep those guys desperate and dialed in and, and, and breakneck and white-knuckling and all that stuff. It just is. But that, as soon as they do that, Louisville is good enough to where if a team starts to just kind of chill out a little bit, they can get some they can get some buckets. Right. And that we're constantly in this position of having to say, but they showed fight cutting 27 to 11. It's like we're just, The other team never felt an ounce of pressure in any yeah. of that. And until we can get to a place where Louisville plays a game where the other team feels some pressure, a lot of this just feels really academic.
0: Right. Like this, that's the thing is that – how often, we were usually on the other side of this. You know, we were the team beating uh, Kevin Stallings' Pittsburgh team by 30. You know, and then all of a sudden, it's a 15-point game. And we're going, well, what happened? Like, why Why can't we keep this intensity up? You know, we're at a smaller scale, you know, beating Tech by by 20, and they cut it to nine. And we're looking around going, come on, like, we have to finish games. It happened in the Patino era plenty. You know, and now we're looking at it, It's it's – it's nothing to grab onto like you can't you can't look at it and say well we lost the duke by 14 it could have been worse it's a 14 point loss i don't care who they are you know like you you played well for a stretcher you got it you got it close for a stretch but like i said in the middle of that that comeback when it's like all right we're like within five and then three you know whatever it was said but they have at that point they were five of 19 from the three-point line and it's not that they were challenged They were 5 of 19 on on open gym, shoot-around threes. You know, and that's what, like, when somebody looks at it and says, well, they shot their average at 9 of 25 or right around it or a little under it, like, that's that's not the point. They shot their average when they're playing good defensive teams, average defensive teams, everything. They were playing against us who we didn't challenge any of. And they went 9 of 25. We were fortunate that they didn't hit more of those. You know, and that's those are the standards you know you can't the how the how you got there means a lot and at the end of the day it's a 14 point loss like it's it's you can't take anything away from that you know you can say hey it's it's you give credit to the to the effort and there is some some good stuff happening on offense and 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 for the 150th time i really like a lot of the kids on this roster like the games and i think that they have good attitudes and you know they could play for me anytime but Man, as a team, you know we're going to end up. People that are looking for the silver lining in every loss are going to end up talking positively, and when we're sitting there like nine and twenty-three on the season, okay, like I, this wasn't a complete and abject failure. You see, know?
1: and I love that you said, but the team, because that that is to me the until that changes, that is it should almost be like a macro. Like, if, if somebody hits me with something as, and look, there aren't very many of you left uh, th- that are terribly active, but when somebody hits me with something of an a, a advocacy for Kenny or, or uh, thinks that I'm being overly negative or what have you, that's almost always exactly what I want to say. Yeah. But the team. Because it almost always goes something like this. But don't you think Brandon Hunley Hatfield's playing better?
0: Well, sure. Sure he is. I
1: do. I do think on the the offensive end, I I think he's playing downright nice uh, on that side of the ball. But the team. Like, this is not a skills camp for Brandon Huntley hatfield Right. This is not uh, draft preparation. Kenny is not his agent. Kenny is not Chris Brickley, who was in attendance last night. And who probably had no idea what he was looking at.
0: Uh, (laughs) It's actually. I just, st- like, what, what is this? This is not Louisville basketball." Like
1: in the end, so much of the, uh, the the little bits of, of the advocacy that we still hear is 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 like refined down to well, what about this guy doing these things? Well, that you know, like Curtis Williams shot the ball really nice, the other night, in a loss, and I was like, "Well, I hope he had a good time." Like, Kenny's coaching the team yeah. to do teeny things against other teams, not. Five-on-five. Now let's go take what we've learned from camp here uh, and and we'll put on a basketball exhibition for people and get some feedback on your individual performance. Now, don't get me wrong. They definitely play defense like that's what that is. But in terms of fielding a team with team awareness and team concern, uh, I I don't think you can really make a lot of arguments for teamness outside of, I think, this group is far more unselfish on offense but even there i still feel like when teams want to absolutely clamp down they can but i will recognize on offense there is i think there's a greater uh willingness to share the ball than there was earlier in the year that's progress but that's it
0: yeah i think that's i think that's that's spot on you know and and as uh, somebody texted in, as uh, uh, Seth Davis last night said, it was uh, this is a results-based business, you know, and, and Louisville is a results-based program, and the results aren't there. And if we we win less than ten games, or we win thirteen games, whatever, but we win less than ten games for the second year in a row, I mean, there's no other way to slice it. The results aren't there.
1: Now, before we took the uh, the commercial break here, you mentioned yeah. uh, that what felt like a, a clear takeaway for you was that's how you use Zan Pain. Yes,
0: yeah, so it's a short bench. We know that. We have injury issues. Um, I think force still has an ankle issue. I'm not sure. I haven't heard an update in forever. And we know... Um, about the rest of the players that have, that, you know, J.J. is not playing the rest of the season. Dennis is out uh, indefinitely uh, in his basketball career. Like We know we have some depth issues. It's not like a huge sin to take a, a walk on and steal two or three minutes here or there. At the end of the half, or if you want to spell one of your starters, we've only got eight scholarship players right now, and one of them is Danilo, you know, so it, it's – We have a really a strong seven that we that we've got right now, and as strong as we are, you know, as strong as we can get. The issue that everybody had wasn't if you put Zan Payne in to steal minutes, you know. And frankly, he didn't play defense any worse than anybody else last night. He got a steal. He you know he collapsed on uh, on Phil Paskey in the paint, made his made his life difficult for a couple minutes. Nobody would have had any problem with that. It's when you look at your seven players who should be amongst your your starting options. And you look at them and say, I'm going to start Zan, and he's going to play 10 straight minutes, which I realize there wasn't a dead ball opportunity, but you have timeouts that you can use. But he shouldn't have been starting in the first place. And then play him 17 total minutes. That's what everybody had a problem with. When there's nothing he does demonstrably better than anybody else in that roster, and there's plenty of things he does worse. But this is not like a last night. He played pretty well in the few minutes that he was in there, relatively speaking. And nobody would have had an issue if that's how he used him against Wake. It wasn't the fact that he played. Yeah. The fact that he started and that was your decision. Like, nobody, nobody wants to just slam Zan Payne. Right. I don't, frankly, want to talk about him, like, unless it's something positive anymore. Because I don't like the fact that it feels like people are picking on him. But people are really talking about Kenny. And his decision to start him, you know, nobody would have said Zan Payne's name probably if he came in and played for two minutes here, two minutes there against Wake, stole some minutes, you know, got uh, Trey a breather here, there, you know, and Curtis and let them sit for a few minutes and and just played the same or the same type of passive defense everybody else is playing or just, just went out there and stole minutes. Nobody would have said anything. It's the fact that you put him in an unfair position where you started him and played him for 10 minutes straight and 17 minutes total is the real reason why anybody talked about him at all. And it's it's a complete indictment on, on, on the decision-making. It's, kind of like it's, it's almost like he's throwing it at a dartboard. You know, who's going to start that last fifth spot that he can't figure out?
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, it's in keeping with everything else we're talking about where it's a good thing. Like even the good thing isn't done well. Or isn't done for the right reason. Uh, Or it comes right after a very bad thing in which you're like, well, what was all that about? I agree with you. I want to see almost exactly what I saw from Zan Payne last night when he plays. I would like for him to be, you know, we talk about guys being the human victory cigar. Mm -hmm. I would like for him to be the human finger wag. (laughs) I'm serious. I'm putting Zan in. And he's going to behave like I wish all of you behaved. Do you know how much more liked Kenny and this team would be if for the, I don't even know how long he was out there, a couple of minutes that Zan was out there, they all look like that? Now, it's not sustainable for Zan or anybody else. We've seen that when you try to go a little longer than that. Sure. Some struggles. But he was, and it was it's sort of like if you blow a balloon like all like way up and then you just let it go and it sort of flies around for a while, and makes <laughs> a lot of noise and yeah. then just crash and it's done as nothing. That is exactly what he did last night, and I loved it. He, he, we're not running any plays for you. We're not trying to get you the ball. Nothing like that. Have a wide up just
0: three. go. Be nice if you'd hit it. That been just awesome. be
1: a chaos agent. Just go out there and be Rudy. Yeah. Just play really hard. Dive for re- for loose balls. Whatever do all that stuff, and he did, and I loved it, but that just happened after you started him I know the game before and played him 17 minutes, and he recorded off foul uh, yeah. in that game only to where it's like now I would like to just be able to enjoy that for what it was, but you ruined it by what you did the game before, and so I'm not giving him credit for doing it right when he just did it desperately wrong he talking about kenny not yeah. zan that's yeah. exactly right no zan did exactly what he's supposed to do i want to see that yeah. and it just rather than being encouraged by it i'm reminded he didn't see this three days ago and i can't even let him have that good thing sure but i i do wish the other play i wish zan annoyed the other guys i do i wish that was how is the only way he behaved
0: like Vince Vaughn and, and
1: yes, and Rudy. Rudy. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I was hoping for. <laughs> yeah. But instead, they, they sort of just sort of seem to brush him off uh, as well. I would give anything to. When was the last time Trey White dove for the ball?
0: And this is something where we're talking about. Like we 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 think they play hard, but on defense, I don't think the I don't think the urgency is there. You know, no, but, you know
1: what they do on defense. You know what they do. If you, you ever are trying to cross. At like a crosswalk, and the light changes or the signal changes, you're almost there. There's clearly a car waiting for you to get by, and then they can go. Yeah. And you do that thing where you just kind of pump your arms a little more. We don't go any faster. Yeah. But you just, the point you of trot. that, the point, well, no, you don't really change uh, how fast you're going at all. Yeah, performance But all you're doing is sort of changing your walking motion just yeah. a little bit to let that car guy know, I know I'm holding you up. Chill. Chill. I'm going to – I'll be by you in just a second. I'm, I'm showing you respect, but I'm not going any faster. Yeah. I feel like that's how they play defense. You're like, talking
0: about, like, closeouts and stuff. I mean, I I, yes, I, I hear you. Like per, I,
1: It looks like, oh, God, put my arms up here, jump up here.
0: I think they do the wrong thing with a lot of urgency sometimes on defense. Like I said, like the weird – the double teams, when they leave the guy, but then it's when they realize that he's wide open, that's when it's like, uh, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh – Forgot that again. Here he is, wide open on the three-point line. There's no close because it's too late. They're 12 feet away, you know. So like, hey, hey, hey. but again, I do think they move with urgency to do the wrong thing often, and that's the most that's the most frustrating part of all of it. I feel like.
1: I think the longer I go uh, in, in talking about these teams and trying to find fresh ways of of talking about it, I still keep circling back to this that it bothers me that the that they don't fight and I don't mean it in the kenny way where fight just stands for all the things he doesn't instill or enforce i'm talking about fight with each other we're a year and a half into this with two very different groups of guys and you You never see a guy – there's no infighting. You don't see them getting after each other at all, especially on the defensive end.
0: See, that's – not even the talking, though. But in particular, on the defensive
1: end, where they are very – where you're very codependent. You know, how things go on defense really depends on all of them. And it's starting to make me worried that they don't think that. Right. That they think – it's five-on-five, five, but it's five individual one-on-ones on defense to where, like, surely someone is screwing up on all, on defense all the time. It's why these teams are able to score. You know, Louisville's just perpetually giving up 80-plus points in every game. You would think somebody who's busting their ass to do their job right is going to be perpetually annoyed by the fact that somebody lets go of the rope on every freaking possession. Sure. And you never see it. And... and it, to me, that is like a, a player peer enforcement part of this that's missing. But ultimately, I, I, that rolls up to coaches, too. You've assembled this roster with certain personalities. You've missed it. You haven't empowered somebody. You've missed an, a, a part of the team building process, and it's just all stuff that they're missing to me.
0: See, I, I thought, and it, it wore, it went in lots of different directions as the year went on, but I thought early last year. Jalen actually talked a lot. You'd see him get angry at people for not being in the right place on defense. Didn't stop him from often being out of position as well. But there was at least some sort of frustration, you know, there. And I don't want them to be fighting. I like chemistry. But to your point, people should be getting pissed. That's part of it. When you have a functioning team and somebody doesn't do their job, you have to have a vocal leader that that goes over there and says, what are you doing here and here? Why aren't you This is what you're supposed to be doing. It doesn't always have to be like angry, but it should be loud, you know, talking on the back end of the defense is what we always talked about with Malik. That we were missing often at times. And then and then as he got older, he got better at communicating. The last year that he was here aside, he became vocal by the time he was a junior. And when he was injured, we missed the quarterback on defense. You know, and side note, he's actually playing pretty well in the G League right now, but Whatever happened in his last year, the lack of motivation and all the crap going on in the program, whatever. But that's the kind of stuff we don't have right now. You know how much, and we saw it all the time. There were we had multiple quarterbacks on the defense when Patino was here. Everybody knew where they were supposed to be, so there was ultimate accountability from everybody on the court.
1: All right, we're going to take a quick break here. Out at Twin Peaks, we're going to be out here until six o'clock. So come by, say hello uh, to us as well. Here, we'll be right back on the drive and attend the vote.